Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the 24th episode of Season 2 of the Wormburner Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, we are going to be going over a league that, in my list of leagues that I have, I surprisingly missed. I felt like I had done the episode, and sure enough, I actually didn't. I went over my episodes, and I actually didn't do an episode over it. So, for this week, we're going to be going over the Austrian Bundesliga, or the Austrian top flight for the country of Austria, as well as we are going to be going over what is going on in the Barclays Premier League, because two teams have been really showing how good they've done for the previous summer transfer window, as well as the first couple games of this year, so I want to go ahead and go over that, as well as what's going on in the MLS for the remainder of the season, what my thoughts are. But before we get into that, guys, if you have not already, go ahead and go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Wormburner Podcast, and give us a like and a follow. Keep up to date with all of our content on Facebook, as well as we are on Twitter. Wormburner PDCST is our tag. Again, that is Wormburner PDCST for all the polls and content that we have over there for you guys. It would be greatly appreciated if you gave us a like or follow on either or of our social medias. We do have two pieces of news that I wanted to tell you guys about. The first one is that the Wormburner podcast is going to officially be taking ads onto our podcast. So if you know anybody or have a company that you want to advertise on this podcast, it would be greatly appreciated as well as I'll be reaching out to other companies myself to see if they want to advertise on the podcast But that is going to be a new improvement or a new addition to the podcast itself, as well as if you yourself found an episode enlightening or you really like this podcast, you listen to the podcast, and you just want to help support the podcast, well now you can. I have set up a Buy Me A Coffee account and any and all money raised through that I will be using towards advertisements towards other segments having to do with the podcast itself, just content for you guys. It would be greatly appreciated. Anything and everything that you guys do, even a listen or a share, is so greatly appreciated. You have no idea how much that means to me. So before any of that happens, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for even listening to this podcast. I'm I'm doing something I never thought I would be able to do in my entire life. And to have you as a listener, it is amazing. And so if you feel like you want to contribute to the podcast, you now can with, of course, the Buy Me A Coffee account that I now have. So that website is buymeacoffee.com forward slash Wormburner if you feel so generous enough to do that for the podcast. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. So for this week, the league breakdown is going to be going over a league that, as I had stated before, I very sadly skipped over, but that is regardless because this league is one of the leagues that I do genuinely try to watch as much as I can about this league and any content that's out there on another 
Copa 90 series derby days, I would highly, highly advise to watch one of the rivalries that we will be talking about later in this episode. But regardless, the Austrian Bundesliga is one of the non-top five leagues I would highly recommend to watch because it's just that competitive in this league. So the league was originally founded or the current rendition of the Austrian Bundesliga was founded in 1974, but soccer in Austria dates back as far as 1890. So the leagues have gone through a form of rotation and how they wanted to set up the league as well as, of course, you had World War I and World War II going through the European landscape during this time frame between 1890 and present day so of course that was going to shake up some things as well but needless to say this current rendition as I said was created in 1974 and 12 teams compete in this top flight now when it comes to the setup of the Austrian Bundesliga they do something that is a little bit different than some of the other leagues but needless to say it is still highly competitive with the way that the league is still set up, even though it is slightly different. It, it's competitive in its own way, and the way that it is competitive in its own way is because they play each team four times. So it is twice at home and twice away to make up their season. So instead of the once home and once away, you play each team twice. They actually play each team four times times in total twice at home and twice away to make up the Austrian Bundesliga of course you also have the continental competitions which the Austrian Bundesliga qualifies for the top position qualifies for the UEFA Champions League as well as the Austrian Cup winner qualifies for the Europa League the second and third place team qualifies for the Europa League and then the fourth place team competes in the Europa Conference League which is the final spot in the continental competitions qualification for the Austrian League now for the winners of the Austrian League there is a team that has been around almost as long as soccer in Austria has been around that is Rapid Vienna is number one on the most Austrian leagues won by a specific team they won their very first title in 1912 and the latest one has come in 2007 Eight season they have won a grand total of 32 titles under their belt but in second place is their close close rival which is Austria Vienna and they have a total of 24 titles under their belt the first one coming in 1923-24 season and the latest one coming in the 2012-2013 season now when it comes to third place it is a bit more of a controversial team in the grand scheme of football because when it comes to the brand of Red Bull Red Bull 
has had some controversies in Germany, as we alluded to in the Bundesliga, German Bundesliga breakdown, as well as just the overall running of soccer clubs with Red Bull. They, a lot of the people feel like that they erase the history of the team that they are purchasing. But without further ado, as you can probably already tell from this, and if you watch the Austrian League, the third place team is Red Bull Salzburg with 16 titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1993, and the latest one was the latest rendition of the Austrian Bundesliga in the 2021-2022 season. In fourth place, we have Wagner Innsbruck for the fourth place spot with 10 titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1970-71 season and the latest one coming in the 2001-2002 season. In fifth and final position, we have FC Admira Wacker Molding. I hope I pronounced that right, but they are the fifth and final team to have won multiple Austrian Bundesliga titles. Their first one coming in the 1926-27 season and the latest one coming in the 1965-66 season. They have a grand total of nine titles under their belt. That is going to wrap up the Austrian League breakdown. Let's go ahead and go over to the Domestic Cup. And for the domestic cup, it is the Austrian Cup, or the UNIQA OFB Cup, that was originally set up in 1918. So it is the competition has not really been changed since its creation, and it has gone through the test of time as well. So a grand total of 64 teams compete in the Austrian Cup. That is, of course, that is all either professional, semi-professional, or amateur sides. In the Austrian Cup, Austria-Vienna actually holds first place with the most cup titles under their belt with 27 under their belt. The first one coming in 1921 and the latest one coming in 2009. In second place is their rival Rapid Vienna with 14 titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1919 and the latest one coming in 1995. Ironically, my birth year. But In third place, we have the controversial team, Red Bull Salzburg, with nine titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1912, and the latest one coming in 2022. In fourth place, we have Wacker Innsbruck, with seven titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1970, and the latest one coming in 1993. And to wrap up our Austria Cup winners. In fifth place, we have SK Admira Vienna with six titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1928 and the latest one in 1966. That is going to wrap up the Austrian Cup for this breakdown and to talk a little more about rivalries. The largest derby in Austria is the Vienna Derby, or 
the Rapid Vienna versus Austria Vienna derby. It is it takes place in the capital of Austria, Vienna, and the two sides are the most successful sides in the country's history. And when it comes to this history, it is a very, very deep-rooted history, going back as far as 1911 was the first time that these two teams met. And because of the league being in the format that it is, they have gone against each other a lot of different times. So the grand total of meetings that these two teams have had is 329 different times they have gone against each other either in a friendly or some form of competitive matchup in total rapid vienna actually holds the title as the team with the most wins in this derby with 137 wins under their belt and Austria-Vienna, they have 117, so only by 20 wins in total through the history of this derby. Rapid Vienna lead Austria-Vienna, and there has been there has been a total of 75 draws in total. This is a highly contested rivalry, and as we had already gone over before, the amount of titles won by these two teams. They are the most successful teams in Austria, placing in that top range almost every single season unless maybe one of the two teams has a little falter or anything like that. But regardless, this rivalry is extremely heated. If you have not checked out Copa 90 for this rivalry, I highly highly recommend or or suggest to watch it because it is one that gives you a different perspective again from a league outside of the top five i highly highly encourage it and that is going to be the league breakdown of the austrian bundesliga for this week let's go ahead and get into the worm burner news section as we go around the world and talk about what is going on in soccer Alright, so the, for the Wormburner news section, let's go ahead and talk about what is going on over in Europe. Europe has been taking off, at least in England, for the Barclays Premier League this year, and at least one team in particular has really caught my eye, which, of course, I don't want to highlight Manchester City because, of course, being a Manchester City fan, it is a really awesome thing for City to be near the top, but this is all regardless because the number one team that has really caught my attention is Arsenal FC. They have really hit the ground running this season, and I actually genuinely look forward to seeing what Arsenal can do this year because they have an unbelievable amount of talent with them as well as what they have picked up which I will be the first Manchester City fan to I mean I'll say it I I knew when Manchester City sold Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko to Arsenal I didn't view it as a mistake but 
I definitely viewed it as we were losing quality talent. And while, yes, Gabriel Jesus did not have a starting role in Manchester City squad, or at least a consistent starting role in Manchester City squad, I definitely feel like there was going to be talent missing. And yes, the position has of course been filled by Holland, but I've kind of viewed Gabriel Jesus' position more as a backup versus a starting role, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, honestly, after all of those years with Sergio Aguero and just... I didn't really feel like we had a out-and-out striker. And even though Gabriel Jesus was one of the only senior members listed as a striker, I didn't feel like he was our number one. I was looking at his stats and looked the way that he produced. He produced well, but he just wasn't the starting talent for us. Like, we could have had better. And that's where I feel like Holland comes in and fills that starting role. And I actually had a discussion with somebody earlier this year about when it came to Holland that, honestly speaking, I knew Gabriel Jesus was going to leave because if he knew that Holland was coming in and knew that he wasn't going to be the starting striker for Manchester City for so long... he honestly wouldn't have wanted to stay, and I don't blame him. I think that's something for him. It was a fantastic move. Obviously, he's doing phenomenal at Arsenal. But for me, the way that I view Zinchenko's transfer to Arsenal, I'm a little bit more indifferent about his because personally for me, I have never liked Zinchenko at left back. That's just me. That's the way that I view his position. That's the way that I view his ball progression. And I feel that he plays as a player. I don't feel like he's a solid left back. Now, if we're talking about left attacking midfielder or maybe even an attacking central attacking midfielder, he is way more adept for those positions than he is as an actual left back, at least in my opinion. I feel Zinchenko is a good left back, but there is better talent out there in the left back position, if that makes sense. I I don't know if... if I'm conveying it well, but that's at least my point of view. And the way that Arsenal has been running this season, it has been just on a different level. I think that I genuinely feel, and after that first game, I know that a lot of people were taking jokes with Arsenal that, oh, they're just going to fall off. Honestly speaking, and, and this is... This is something, at least personally for me, I feel is a bit out there. I think Arsenal's challenging for the league this year. They are playing well enough. And I think if they get a few good results against top-level teams like Manchester City, Tottenham, if they get a, if they get a result against Chelsea or even Manchester United and Liverpool, especially the way that they're playing, I definitely think that 
Arsenal can challenge for the title this year. It's I <laughs> I saying that four games into the season, I, but I, after that first game, I was like, this is different. This is in a different Arsenal. This is not the Arsenal that that has been in the Premier League for the last couple of years. This is honestly, and I don't want to compare it to obviously the Invincibles, but when Arsenal was strong under Arsene Wenger, that's the level that I'm kind of feeling with this. Because, man, are they good. They are good this year. Like, I'm actually genuinely interested to see what happens this year for Arsenal. I think they could definitely even win one of the two cup competitions, either the Carabao Cup or the FA Cup. I definitely think that that's 100% doable for them. Uh, I That's just personally for me. I, I think that Arsenal has a, a great standing as is. And going into the letter, the the going into the rest of the season, I don't see how they don't challenge for the league. I I think that they can. It's they've got the squad for it. I think if any of the teams have a shot of dismantling Arsenal, I don't really know any teams that. Would other than City, maybe a Crystal Palace might get a result against them. I think Tottenham might, um, and I do mean might, but the other teams are faltering this year. I think that other than the odd result, like a Crystal Palace win or something like that, I don't see Arsenal doing that bad. I could see a third or second place finish this year for Arsenal. Or even first, honestly. I'm just... I I know it's crazy to even think about, but it's true. I mean, unless something happens drastically for Arsenal, it can happen. It can definitely happen. They've got the squad for it now. They've got unbelievable players and just the recruitment that they've had this previous year. They have... And I've always been a fan of Odegaard. I've always been a fan of Odegaard. Ever since he got his transfer to Real, I was like, that kid is going to be somebody. And I know that a lot of people going into his career at, at Real, he had a successful spell over at Real Sociedad. And I was just like, he he's just waiting. He is waiting. He is a player waiting to take off. And as soon as Arsenal went in for Odegaard, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> this is... Especially with Mesut Dozil leaving, and he was going to be filling that attacking midfield role for Arsenal. I knew that was going to be dangerous. And now with Gabriel up top, paired with Odegaard, oh, my word. This is... Like I said, this is another level of Arsenal that we have not seen in a while. This is this is the level of Arsenal that is going for titles this year. This year. Not next year. Not a couple of years from now. This year. I think they can definitely do something this year. But not getting too wrapped up into the 
Barclays Premier League. I want to talk about the MLS because, of course, we have the end of the season wrapping up and we also have the U.S. Cup Final Orlando City against the Sacramento Republic coming up this next week. It'll actually be on the night of the next episode. We'll be launching that episode before the game happens. I'm just so excited for that game. You have no idea being a person from the central florida area i'm just i'm ecstatic about it being being able to possibly go to a champions league game the following year oh i'm so excited for 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 that it it's just a a great great experience that everybody in just in in the u.s should be able to experience going to a continental competition game it's 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 different it hits different and the level of competition is up there. We've got to perform and not to get too far ahead of ourselves. It, it, with, when it comes to Sacramento, being the first MLS side, or sorry, being the first team outside of the MLS to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions like that is no joke like at all. They're going to be going against some solid sides in the Champions League and at least if you ask me, that could be a sign of we should get rid of our closed system. But <laughs> I don't want to ruffle any feathers here because it's it's all in all in good time and, and we're all here to improve US soccer. And whether that's keeping that closed system or not, who knows. But the Los Angeles Football Club or LAFC have clinched playoffs for this upcoming playoff campaign whether they finish top is a completely different story because they had played against Austin FC this previous week and oh my word was it a good game I was thoroughly thoroughly enjoying all of it and I I'm just so excited for the end of this year because Austin FC is has really done bits this year I think they were able to do what very little teams have been able to do this year. I'm just so excited for the wrap-up of this season in the MLS. And overall, I'm. it's a great year for the MLS. We have done so much this year. Transfer-wise, we've done so much bringing in Gareth Bale. We've brought in Giorgio Chiellini. We've brought in not to just highlight LA, LAFC transfers but we've brought in uh Insigne we've bring we've I mean we've already had Gonzalo Higuain we've already have Blaze Matuidi we always we already have those very high caliber players that they're still playing at ridiculous levels regardless of their age and I think it's just an unbelievable thing for the MLS to have done. And I think within the next couple of years, we are really going to improve. And you're, I think we're really going to see a massive spurt, splurge and a massive just overall improvement to the MLS. I'm just so excited for it. And without further ado, that is actually going to wrap up this week's episode of the Wormburner Podcast. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. And if you have not already, check out our Twitter. It is at 
Wormburner PDCST. Again, that is Wormburner PDCST. If you've made it to this end of the episode, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for making it to the end. And as always, stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.